Thanks for joining us today for the Fellowship Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our ministry, visit fbcpanamacity.com. Now, here's today's message. Matthew chapter number six and verse number 25. Matthew chapter six, verse number 25 says this. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on, is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. This morning, I want to preach on the subject and just ask a question. Why worry? Why worry? Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. God, we love you. We're so thankful for you. We're thankful for uh, the singing that uh, we've had uh, had the opportunity to be a part of this morning. And we're thankful that you have received us just as we are. Lord, we truly uh, even come this morning. We're still broken people. We, we need healing, uh, God. And, and we ask for that today, that you would help us through your word when it comes to this thing of worry, worry is something that we all face, that we all struggle with. Uh, Lord, and I, I pray that you would help us uh, to know that there's a way of escape. Uh, we can escape worry and, and anxiety in our life through you. God, we ask that you would please speak to our hearts. I pray that our hearts are ready to receive your word and that we have come prepared to, to learn and to glean from what you would have for us. And I pray that you would be with me, that you would give me the words to say, Lord, we ultimately want you to be honored and glorified in everything that is said and done. And we'll give you all the praise for it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Worry or anxiety is really the diet of our day. Uh, we are plagued by the what if problem. Uh, from breakfast until bedtime, our lives are characterized by worry. There are people whose biggest worry is that they can't think of something to worry about, right? I mean, it's just we, we worry about things in our life. I love the story of a man, and I've, I've told this before, who, whose coworker asked, what are you so worried about? And he said, well, a few years ago, I went home and my wife was whistling tea for two, and shortly thereafter, we had twins. So the next year I went home and she was watching the Three Stooges. Shortly after, we had triplets. The coworker looked at him and said, well, what are, what are you so worried about then? Why are you worried now? And he said, well, last night I went home and she was reading the book, The Birth of a Nation. We worry. We worry. To worry, though, is unhealthy. To worry is dangerous. Ian McLaren said, what does your anxiety do? It does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it does empty today of its strength. It does not make you escape the evil. It makes you unfit to cope with it when it comes. That's what worry is. It's dangerous. And in Matthew chapter number six, verses 25 through 34, Jesus begins to discuss worry or anxiety. But before we dig into the, this passage of scripture, I want to point out two different things. One is Jesus's definition of worry. He says here, therefore, in verse number 25, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Worry in this passage of scripture means 
to have a distracting care. The biblical definition of worry is a, a, a distracting care resulting from assuming responsibility that is not yours. God is not saying, don't be concerned about your health. He's not saying, don't be concerned about your circumstances. But what he is saying is, don't allow those things to become a distracting care in your life that that's all you think about. God isn't saying here, uh, don't be concerned with your finances. But what he is saying is don't let your finances become such a distracting care in your life that all you can think about is money. That's what he's talking about here. That's the definition of biblical worry or anxiety. But the second thing that I also notice here in verse number 25 is that verse number 25 is a command of God. He says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Now that word take is a verb in the imperative mood, which means it is a command. It is a command of God for us to not worry about our life or the things that are in our life. The actual meaning behind this phrase is if you're not worrying, don't start. And if you are worrying, then stop. Worry is disobedience to a God-given command. And I think we're all guilty of that, amen? We're all guilty of disobeying that command of God. But the Bible says, uh, and, and so, so often we try to justify worry. We try to justify anxiety. Oh, it's just what I've been diagnosed with. It's just who I am. Well, that, we, I understand there are medications. There are things to help with that. But, but also the Bible tells us to take no thought for your life. He tells us to not worry. You see, the beginning of worry is the end of faith. Did you hear that? The beginning of worry is the end of faith. And the Bible says that whatever we do that is not of faith is what, church? Sin. That is something that we have to understand. But the beginning, here's the wonderful thing. The beginning of true faith in God is the end of worry. There's an option that we have to worry or place our faith in God. Having given the command, Jesus then gives us the reason behind this command. Why does he tell us to take no thought for our life? There's got to be a good reason, right? There's got to be a reason why he tells us uh, to, to not worry about the things in our life. And what he does is he lays out two different principles for us this morning, and then he draws three conclusions on those principles. The first thing that I want us to see is that there is more to life than what we worry about. There's more to our life than what we worry about. Look at verse number 25 again. The Bible says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for the body. What ye shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. You understand we worry the most about the small things, right? We worry uh, about the small things. In fact, a, a panel of psychologists concluded in a study that 40%, listen to this, 40% of the things that we worry about never happen. 40% of the things that we worry about never happen. 30% of our worries concern the past, things that have already happened. 12% of our worries are needless worries about our health. 10% of our worries are insignificant or petty concerns, which leaves 8% of our worries as being legitimate troubles. We get overwhelmed with the simple things. We get overwhelmed and worried with the things that, that, are, that don't even come to pass. And that's why God speaks of food and clothing here. 
Life is more than food and clothing. The things that we worry about. You see, as important as food and clothing are, especially clothing, amen, praise the Lord for clothing today. But especially as important as those things are, listen, it is the air that we breathe that God takes care of. You don't worry about taking in that air that we breathe. God takes care of it, doesn't he? It's the gravity that holds us down. Who, do, who in here is worried about the gravity this morning coming into church? God takes care of it though. It's, it's the air that we breathe. It's the, the gravity. It's the, the right temperature that we uh, live with here on this earth that we can survive in. God takes care of all of those things. And understand if he takes care of those things, he'll also take care of your needs. There's more to things in life than what we worry about. But then the second principle that we see is that if God takes care of his creation, he will take care of his children. If God takes care of his creation, he's going to take care of his children. He uses two examples as proof here. First of all, he says, I want you to look up. I want you to look up. Look at verse number 26. The Bible says this, behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? The Bible is saying here, take a good look at the birds, right? They, they aren't out there reaping and sowing. I don't know if you've ever seen a bird out there with a plow plowing the field or planting the seed, right? They don't reap and sow like we do. They don't have to really necessarily work for their food, but what does God do? He takes care of them. He feeds them. And he says, listen, if I take care of my creation, the Bible says that if God takes care of his creation, he will take care of his children. And as the end of verse number 26 says, are ye not much better than they? If God takes care of those birds in the sky, he's going to take care of you. Before moving on to the second proof, Jesus gives kind of a, he kind of throws in a little jab there. In verse number 27, and basically what he's, what he's going to say is, what good does worrying do anyway? Look at verse number 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? What that actually means is one cubit of his lifespan. A cubit is a measure of length from the tip of the forefinger to the elbow. It's about 18 inches. You know, the Bible says in Job chapter 14, verse number five, it tells us that before that we were born, God established the length of our days. Before we were even born, he established the length of our days. God not only made you, he established the length of your days and worrying cannot change that. You know that well, the only thing that worrying will do is make those, those days that you have left on this earth miserable. But worrying can't change it. Worrying's not gonna add life to you. But, but understand, God not only made you, he established those length of days. And so worrying can't change it. So what good does worrying do anyways, right? What, is, what good does worrying do? Jesus then moves on to the second verse to prove that God takes care of his creation. Then he's gonna take care of his children. He says, after he said, look up, he said, look at the birds. But now he says, look down. Verse number 28 and 29, the Bible says this, and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed 
like one of these. We, he, he says here, listen, I don't, and, and I don't know much about lilies. Maybe some of you ladies know a lot about lilies. Um, but all, the one thing I do know is they're beautiful flowers, right? We see those, we see the beauty of those flowers. And, and God says here that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these lilies. Solomon was the wealthiest man ever to live. He was, he was the, the, uh, the king. He had everything. He was magnificently uh, dressed uh, as the king of Israel. And even so, Solomon didn't have as much glory as the lilies of the field. But the Bible says that yet those flowers were here today and gone tomorrow in verse number 30. Look at verse number 30. The Bible says this, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Because we see here, when he says that they were cast into the oven in those days, they would take uh, the, 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 those that would make the bread and they would take the wheat and they would take the lilies and they cut the lilies down. And they would take the reedy stems from those lilies and they would use it to bake bread. They would use it to make a fire. And so he says here that, these are so important. God closed these, but they are here today and they're gone tomorrow. You see, the only relationship that God had to the lilies was that of the creator to his creation. The Bible says that you are more than his creation. The Bible says that you are his children. And he says, I'm going to take care of my children. And if God takes care of his creation, how much more so is he going to take care of his children? Why don't we worry? Because if God takes care of his creation, he'll take care of his children. Why do we not worry? Because there's more to life than, than what we worry about. And based on those principles that God gives us, he then draws three conclusions. Because God cares for us and he'll take care of us, we don't have to worry. Amen? Because God will take care of his children, we don't have to worry. Look at verse number 31. There it is again. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Now that word Gentile here refers, we have to understand that, that Matthew is written to the Jews, right? Uh, it's written to the Jews. So the word Gentile refers to the unbelieving nations. And so God promises them nothing. The Bible does not tell a non-Christian to not worry, right? Because a non-believer has plenty to worry about. And that's why we need to be very, uh, we need to take the gospel so serious. We need to present the gospel to those that are lost because when you trust Christ as your savior and you die, all your worries are gone. But if you die without Christ, your worries have just begun. But the Bible says your father has absolute knowledge of your needs. You know, he knows how much a gallon of gas is going to cost next month. It might be over $5. We don't know, but he knows. You know how much he knows that, that your, he knows how much your groceries are going to cost next week. You know, he knows what you're going through, your health. He knows all about it. He knows your needs. He knows your relationship situation right now. He knows those things. He is your father and he loves you and he's concerned about those things in your life. 
And because we have a heavenly father that knows our needs, we ought to live different than those who do not know Christ. You, do you agree with me this morning? Do you have a heavenly father this morning? Do you have a God who loves you? Then you ought to live and I ought to live different than those who do not have a heavenly father. Because he knows our needs. There was an ocean liner. I was caught in a turbulent storm and passengers began to rush around and they were getting these life jackets and preservers and they were going to each cabin and they were trying to reach out to those who were still in there. And they came upon this one cabin and there was a little girl and she was laying on the bed and she was playing with some of her toys. And they said, listen, there's a big storm coming and, and we got to get out of here. They asked her, "What? aren't you worried about this? And she looked at them very calmly and she said, no, sir, I'm not worried. My dad is the captain and he knows where I am. That's the truth with us today that, listen, we have a heavenly father who knows right where we are. He knows our situation. He knows our health issues. He knows our finances. He knows our, our, our relationships. He knows where we are and he knows of those needs and he cares for us and he's going to take care of them. And because we have a heavenly father that is aware of our needs, we, should, we ought to live differently than the non-believers because they do not have a heavenly father. We don't have to worry. We don't have to. Do we? Yes, we still do. But we don't have to because we have a heavenly father who knows our needs. But not only that, because of our heavenly father, he takes care of his creation. He's going to take care of his children. So because of that, we shouldn't worry. But then number two, we should seek him first. We should seek him first. Look at verse number 33. The Bible says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Listen, when we start to begin to worry, you know what we should do? Seek him in prayer. When we begin to start to worry about our financial situations, we should seek him in prayer. When we begin to worry about things in our life, we should seek him in his word. We should study his word. We should communicate with him. Listen, when we have and we're faced with problems, we must seek him first. But too often, he becomes our last resort. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what happens? And all these things shall be added unto you. Verse 33 doesn't say, and 75% of your needs will be added unto you. No, the Bible says all these things will be added unto you. Your food, your raiment, your clothing, these things will be taken care of. You just seek me first. Someone once said to many people, to many people, Jesus is nothing. To some people, Jesus is something. And I think that would categorize a lot of church folks today. Jesus is something. But to very few, Jesus is everything. And he's saying here, listen, make Jesus everything in your life. Seek him first in his kingdom and, the right, and his righteousness. And all these things will be taken care of. He says, listen, seek him first. He says, you don't have to worry. And then lastly, 
the third conclusion that he says is live one day at a time. Live one day at a time. Verse number 34 says this. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. There it is again. Don't, don't worry about tomorrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You know what Satan does? He, he tries to get us to bear tomorrow's problems with today's strength. And that's why we suffer. He tries us to get to bear tomorrow's problems with today's strength. The Bible tells us that we only have enough strength for today. Listen, it reminds me of a restaurant sign that said this, due to a lack of interest tomorrow, we will be closed. You didn't get that? (laughs) Due to a lack of interest tomorrow, we will be closed. Listen, God never made a Christian strong enough to bear today's problems and tomorrow's worry on the same day. The Bible says sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof, meaning that you have enough trouble in one day. Can I get an amen this morning? You have enough trouble in one day. Someone once said life by the yard is hard, but life by by an inch is a cinch. And that's basically what Jesus is saying here. Life by the yard, it is hard if we try to live it by the yard, but if we try to live it by the inch day to day to day, then it's a lot easier in our life. The Bible says, just live one day at a time. And then tomorrow, you can conquer the worry the same way you conquered it today. Through Christ. Church, listen, I'm thankful that he tells us here, he doesn't just stop with, don't worry about anything. Period. That's it. No, he says, don't worry about anything. Why? Because there's more to life than what you worry about that I take care of. He says, don't worry about things in your life. Why? Because I take care of the birds and I take care of the flowers. How much more am I going to take care of my children? And because of those things, we don't have to worry. We seek him first and all of those things that we need will be added unto us. And then live one day at a time. There's a woman one time, she worked with a bunch of kids at a youth camp. And after rounding up the kids one night, she said to them, okay, kids, let's go to sleep and put our cares in God's hands. One of the girls spoke up and she said, yes, because he's up all night anyways. Wisdom in the youth, right? Understand today that the Bible says, cast your cares upon him. Why? Because he careth for you. Cast your care upon him. Cast your worry upon him. Cast your anxiety upon him. Why? Because he cares for you and he wants to take care of that need in your life. I love how simple God makes things, don't you? I love how simple he makes things, but we make it so complicated. We make things so complicated. He lays out for us here two principles. He says there's more to life than what we worry about. He says if God takes care of his creation, he's going to take care of his children And then based on those two principles, he says, listen, those of of us who know Christ, we can live differently than those who don't because we have a heavenly father who knows our needs and we must seek him first with all that we have. And you know what? He promises that he'll take care of us. And the third thing is that all we have to do is live one day at a time. And if you're struggling with worry today, 
and you struggle with anxiety today, let us take and trust in these steps the next time we are faced with it. The next time you you have that that boiling up inside of you, oh, I'm about to worry about this, or I'm about to, to just be very anxious about this, take these steps. Know that God cares for you. If he takes care of his creation, he'll, how much more is he going to take care of you? And remember this, church, the beginning of worry is the end of faith. But the beginning of faith is the end of worry. Have faith in him, your heavenly father, who knows your needs and wants to take care of you. Thanks for listening to this sermon from Fellowship Baptist Church. Come visit us at 2501 Michigan Avenue, Panama City, Florida. For more information, check out fbcpanamacity.com. Have a great week.